Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live from the Valley on your Thursday evening. Uh, my name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio as we get ready to gear up for Saturday's trip uh, up to the Midlands to take on Stoke. Uh, over on my right-hand side, looking resplendent in a grey hat, despite the fact he's indoors, is Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? All right, thank you. Yeah, what's with the hat? I uh, don't really know. It annoys yeah. me. Bad hair. Is that the rapper? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it just winds him up, yeah. so I thought I'd keep it on. Good enough reason. Uh, in the middle over there, uh, No Hat, Lewis Cat, how are you doing? That's your yeah. nickname. What, No Hat, Lewis Cat? No yeah. Hat Cat, I'll take that, yeah. Yeah, you alright? Good week? Yeah, good mate, you alright? Yeah, yeah, not bad, yeah, looking forward to Stoke? Yeah, very much you so, going? yeah. That's, I'm going, yeah. yeah excellent, um, excellent. Good, yeah, you've just booked yourself in for Sunday then, haven't you? I have, yes, yeah. good ching. I should have asked you that off air. Um, this is how we do our admin, <laughs> I ask if they're going to the game and then they have to come. Then we're in. On my left hand side, not bothering to go to the game. No. Nathan, mother, how are you? Yeah, the dream, mate. I'm yeah. going Sheffield Bournemouth on Sunday, so that's yeah. why I'm not there. I mean, I mean, true fan. Logistically, you could it's quite comfortably do both games, but yeah, I know. I, fi- I figured that out, and you offered me a lift as well, so I feel a bit bad now. I don't know. The, the t- table may turn, mate. I might invite myself in the nice little road trip. Don't wink at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right. Yeah, that's good. Good. On tonight's show, we're going to gear up for that trip. Uh, up to Stoke then we're going to hear from Lee Bayer of course as he previews uh, the game we've got plenty of other stuff to talk about as well Bayer talking about some players potentially uh, going out on loan talking about the uh, the form in the under 23 squad uh, of Chucks and Nike uh, as well we're going to hear from Andre Green later on in the show he's had a brilliant start to his career here uh, at the Valley uh, we're also going to hear from Martin Spinks from Stoke on Trent Live he gives us the lowdown on Michael O'Neill's side um, ahead of our trip up to take on Stoke massive massive game uh, relegation six pointer so let's get straight into it shall we let's start to look ahead to that game uh, with Stoke Lee Bayer had his press day here uh, we're actually at the training ground earlier on today he spoke to BBC Radio Kent's Tony Hudd uh, and Bayer says it, it may feel like an important clash to us uh, but he isn't approaching it any differently to any other championship game no game's bigger than, than the one before or, or the one after like they're, they're all big games no one gives points to you in this division it's, it's hard like I said, there's so many Premiership players. Um, again, we're going to stoke a team that littered with Premiership players. So they're not going to give us three points. We have to work hard for it. And um, if we do that and, and we and we compete, and then we do what we're we're good at and, and, and move the ball quickly, then we'll always have a chance. We've got people up top that can hurt teams. So. Um, as long as we do the other side of the game well, then we've got a good chance of winning. If you're injured players, how many will be fit enough to return to contention at Stoke on Saturday? And uh, with the newcomers, do you feel you now have a wealth of riches at your disposal? Yeah, it's, it's a much better position than what the last few months that we've been in. 
like I said, that the ones just coming back because they was out for so long, it's difficult for them to then play 90 minutes. Um, we have to be careful with them because we've got a lot of games this month. Uh, so yeah, and, and obviously bringing in the extra bodies has, has helped. So um, yeah, it's, it's making my job harder, if you like, regarding selection for the squad. But, um, but I'd rather have that problem than, than having to, to, to duck and dive to even put an 11 together. So there we go, Lee Bayer sort of saying, well, we've seen it over the last week or so, that the squad is just about starting to come back together now, uh, and, and possibly the perfect timing for us, Tom, with this this game at Stoke coming up. You know, it, it's a huge one. They're just below us uh, in the table after their defeat uh, against Derby last week, and obviously we beat uh, we beat Barnsley over the weekend. Um, they've been on a good bit of form, Stoke, seeing two points behind us. I mean, this is a massive game. It's a chance for one of the two teams to really pull away from that from that bottom three. Yeah, and I think it just follows on from the weekend against Barnsley as well, where we obviously had players back for that one too. And I think that showed, you saw the players coming off the bench um, and the kind of strength in depth we had that game. And that was obviously massive. And I think Stoke pretty much mirrors that game as well. Um, and obviously we've got a couple more this month or early into next month that are the same teams that are around us in the league, teams that we want to try and get points from because they almost count double um, and Stoke as as you just said there is the second one in that list of games but yeah a real opportunity if we can win it to put further breathing space between us and the relegation zone because obviously with Wigan winning at the weekend we didn't maybe make as much headway as we thought we were going to which was frustrating but it's so much better and we saw at the start of the season the players we were able to bring off the bench and the difference they were able to make during games and then we've just lost that really and, and that's been the problem um, so to be able to do that again and to have players like Green hitting the ground running which is something we said needed to happen and perhaps the reason people like Hemed are struggling you know Green's come in he's hit the ground running he's got two goals in three games and when you've got someone like that coming in alone that obviously helps as well I mean, When you go into a game like this Lewis where you've got the, the slight advantage in terms of where you are in the league table over Stoke um, it, it possibly takes the edge off the game slightly I'd say it's a must not lose rather than a must win game um, but do you think that affects how the way the Bayers <coughs> going to approach it You know, do we go there thinking if we get away with a point here I'm going to be quite happy or do we go there knowing fully well that we, we want to try and get that three points because if you win this game I mean you've, you've got the potential to to go seven points ahead of Wigan if you know if they can't get a result over the weekend. I think we've got to go into it for the win. If I'm honest, I think that the the opportunity to pull away from that bottom three would be will be too attractive. We've obviously come back off of a of a win last week against a relegation rival, which will no doubt have a bit of a positive bounce within the squad. So I think the players will be raring to go. We've had players come back from injury. We've made deadline day signings that are probably going to be in and around the squad as well. So. I think that we've got to go for it. You know, there's Stoke have been struggling themselves. They're at the wrong end of the table. We beat them earlier on in the season at home fairly comfortably. So I think we'd fancy our chances to go out there and get the three points. And I imagine that's how Bayer is set out because Lee Bayer doesn't like losing games. And I'm sure he goes up there every time, wherever he goes, to, to try and win the game. Mm. I mean, obviously, Lewis mentioned there, Stoke, our first home league game of the season. We beat them comfortably I think we deserved that I think we were we, we were very good for those three points um they they've had a torrid start to it change manager in the end uh, got rid of Nathan Jones brought in the Northern Ireland manager Michael O'Neill you know have, have had a bit of a resurgence since then 
Um, it sort of came shuddering to a halt on, on Friday night at Derby where they got beat 4-0. Though I do think if you watch it, and we, and we will hear from Martin Spinks later on in the show, it probably wasn't a 4-0 game. Um, Derby was scoring some absolute weldies. So, I mean... We know we can beat a side like Stoke. We know they can still be vulnerable and they and they can still slip to defeats. But I mean that 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 defeat in the Championship against uh, against Derby was their, their their first one in six or seven league games. Yeah, obviously they didn't start very well. Um, Nathan Jones was still going through that transition period of trying to change the culture and how they play, and obviously he got the chop early. And I thought, even though um, he's a good coach, uh, Michael's coming like you say they've they've picked up a bit of form, but. I think with us winning on the weekend and players coming back, um, I think we'll have a little bit of a spring in our step and they're on a bad run, but it's going to be a tough place to go. I mean, it always used to be the, you know, what was it? Two, it used to be Stoke and now it's Burnley, a cold night away on in Stoke, but um, it'll be a tricky game, but I think we've got enough in our locker. I mean, we've spoke about on the show loads of times, the amount of, just before that Preston game, where we were third, when we had everyone more or less fit, um, once we get to that, that point again, I think we are really a match for anyone. But um, I'm confident, but yeah, it's not going to be no easy game. And like you say, the 4-0, oh, yeah, it, it weren't a 4-0 game. Um, but yeah, we just need to make sure we take our chances and manage. Because we've got to try and balance, you know, try on a win a game, but also not pushing the players to their limits or beyond the limits because we've done mm-hmm. a break it down. Yeah, I mean, obviously no away win since the end of August. Tom, which that's going to be at the back of Bo's mind as well. I mean, you do need to pick up the result away from home. Yeah, if we're not, when was it? Reading? Yeah. Is that the last one? Wow. Yeah, I didn't realise it had been as long as that. And I think the away games I've been to since then, I don't think we've performed too badly, actually, on, on the pitch. And I wouldn't say necessarily we've been unlucky, um, but there have definitely been games where we've possibly deserved something. So, yeah, as Nafe said there, you know, it's a, it's a hard place to go traditionally. Um, they haven't really turned the corner, I know, since, since um, Jones has left. And they're still down there, but it's going to be a much harder game than it was here at home. But like you say, with the players we've got back, I think it's about trying to impose our style on them. As I say, when we go away from home, we tend to still try and play our football and and do it the way that we want to. Um, And if we can do that, I think probably on paper and on the pitch, we're a better side than them and and we've got a chance to get something. But as everyone said, it's not going to be easy. Mm, Yeah, I mean, in terms of changes, then what are you thinking, Lewis? I mean... Getting back to that stronger squad, we, we we saw that Lyle Taylor was able to start last week, so you assume he'd be okay to start again. Johnny Williams, hopefully, I guess, if he started last week and got some minutes in there. Although there is the likes of us, Tumor. I mean, could Phil be rested? Uh, could could he rest Prattley if that if that makes sense? Could Prattley come out for a rest for Sam Field if he, if he's in and around it? I mean, there's there's a few potentials there to try and mix it up. Yeah, and it's nice to have a bit of a selection headache going into a game for the first time in what feels like forever. You know, with all these players coming back, the new additions coming in. Prattley coming out for a bit of a rest you, you probably argue you look at it and say that on paper he should need a rest but actually when you look at his performances even last week against Barnsley he just didn't stop running so I think that'll be down to whether Darren Prattley lets you take him out of the team for a rest won't it so in terms of changes I wouldn't I wouldn't really like to see too many of them because I think I think we played really well last week and set up the way that was you know our strongest I believe for now we're going to have people coming back into the squad as well um, you know you uh, Davis will probably uh, get in on the bench as, and you got, uh, the other guy that come in as well uh, Smith so there could be places on the bench for them um, Ozchima will be in and around the place whether they uh, bring in Chucks and EK if he's ready from you know some decent 23s performances Th- there's options there it's it's gone from being extremely light to, to fairly heavy in terms of what Boya has at his disposal so 
it's good to have the headache. Um, but I think we'll probably line up as we did against Barnsley. I can't see too many changes being made. Mm, yeah, is that is that the way you go, Naif? I mean, there's. I'm mean, um, trying to think what the potentials are really. I I'd mean, like, put, so I'd, I'd like probably to... put Ben in. Yeah, Parrington. I'd, yeah, I've, 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 for Stoke away, I'd probably put. Um, so, so who's coming out for Alfie yeah. yeah I mean yeah Alfie's done alright I just think the second half for me um, on Saturday I thought he lost his way a little bit um, I think he was holding onto the ball a bit too much but nothing you know, he had a good first half but I just think away at Stoke it's going to be physical um, I'd probably put Ben in and I think another thing he's both got to have to try and balance is what game on Tuesday um, against a good Forest side it is the Tuesday after isn't it yeah, we got Forest after, so you know I don't think Lyle's gonna be able to do Saturday Tuesday. So is he gonna put Emmett? Is it will he, you know will he try and take him off after an hour? Or is he gonna put Emmett there on Tuesday against Forest? Um, so I think he's got to try and weigh it up. But yeah, I wouldn't make too many changes. Mm, I think maybe yeah. maybe just Ben. I think. Yeah, you're right. That's a I mean that's the Forest side that are looking to try and get into the Premier League, yeah. isn't it? So <laughs> um, it, it will be a, it will be a tough game. Um, I mean. Tom, you're, you're heading up there. I mean, I cannot believe, and Lewis, how many tickets we've sold for this game. Was it something like 1,800 already? Which is, I mean, the, the, there is just this feeling around the club now that, that everything seems to be falling in, into place in terms of, you know, the fans are coming back, uh, the performances on the pitch are picking up, we've got players coming back as well. Obviously, the new ownership has helped. Um, I've seen Matt Southall has been like the reincarnation of Jesus on Twitter this week, if you if you listen to some fans. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously there's, there's a feel-good factor around the place at the moment, mm. and people are buzzing to get up there. Yeah, I think I said it on Sunday that since the Swansea game and the day that the takeover was announced, I think we've seen little incremental things all through January that have shown that the club's slowly coming back. Numbers have increased. We've obviously got signings through the door. Performances have improved. We've finally got that win. I do, I do think it's started to change. With regards to the away fans, I think I would have been surprised maybe two years ago, but you'd argue the last two seasons our away following has been pretty decent, really. Um, and, you know, we're constantly being praised for it, not just numbers, but how vocal we are as well. The back end of last season and all through this year, we've taken so many people, you know, and not just up the road to Millwall or, you know, Fulham. We've taken them all over the country. And I know Stoke's a relatively easy one to get to from London, but you look at even first game of the season up at Blackburn, we took a decent amount. So the away support's been fantastic. And, you know, Bowyer, I'm sure, again, will praise it on on Saturday. Um, And obviously coming back here to Blackburn a week after, we look like we're selling out for football for a fiver. So... It is. There's a feel-good factor around. Like I say, I think on the whole, it's been around for a while. But with the the rolling cloud out of the way, there's. I don't feel like there's really any stopping us now. And as we've said before, with regards to the takeover, it's about getting to the end of this season, making sure we're still in the championship. And then the next couple of years, I really feel like if everything stays as it is, we can make a decent push. Well, let's see uh, what happens over the course uh, of the the next few years. Then, Tom, we're going to hold you to that one, right? Um, uh, <laughs> press day today. There's plenty that went on uh, during today's press day. Uh, one thing that I found fairly interesting is what is what is worth watching the whole thing on Value Pass if you got access to that because he, he did talk about a few things, Bo. But one thing I found interesting, of course, that there, there is going to be with, with the the loan window still open for non-league clubs. Um, there is going to be the potential for, for players uh, to, to go out. So Lee Bayer uh, was asked about that during uh, press day uh, today. He says he is uh, getting ready to ship a few uh, of the younger lads out on loan. Probably three. Three of the lads will be going out, maybe four, including the goalies already out. Um, so yeah, three, three of the lads, midfielders, they'll be going out and to get, to get some experience and, and learn the defensive side of the game. That's what they, they all need to learn now. Um, 
yeah, we'll, we'll be letting them out on loan and it should benefit us in the long run. Could you say who they are and when they'll be going out on loan? Uh, no, no, it's, it's not the time to do that. Uh, we'll, we'll speak to the players first and, um, and, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Levi, thank you very much. Hey, um, quick on, on Matt, Matt Smith. Came in. Did you know a lot about him before, before you arrived? He's quite a young player. He's yeah. And... yeah, young player. Again, played for Wales. Um, he's a bit of everything. He, he's not just like a defensive. He's not just get forward. He, he does a bit of everything. You know, he, he, he works hard. Um, he can play. So, yeah, he... He's a bit of an all-rounder. And obviously, the talk that um, Albi might be sent out on um, this this month. What would you say to the people that say, well, we've got a player in Albi that is one for the future, well, why don't we try to nurture him, him through for keeping at the squad as opposed to sending him out on loan and getting in a, another player in? Because... Because... <laughs> you see, when I said that he he's an all-rounder, so he he's good in possession, same as Albi. He's good at the attacking third, same as Albi. But he's also good in the defensive third. Albi's not. So Albi cost us a goal at QPR, and Albi cost us a goal against Bristol. So. I don't know how many games Albi started, but in two games he cost us goals on the defensive side of the game. So, because of that, that's why he needs to go out and run. Because me as a manager, I can't have Albi making them mistakes and costing us goals, which will cost us points. Can't do that. Um, so he can, he needs to, and, and, and all players do this. This is not just how we, all players need to, when they're young, need to go and make mistakes somewhere else and learn the game. And then they come back and then we'll be teaching him as well. And then once he comes back, then, then he is ready, maybe next season, to not make them mistakes because we all know how good he is in possession. He's outstanding one of the best technical players we have here. His range of passes, his vision, technically he's unreal. But he needs to learn that other side of the game and unfortunately for us, the times that he played, it cost us goals, so. Mm, there we go, well, I mean, it's not often you hear a manager go, I'm not gonna say quite go to town, but he certainly gave his opinion quite strongly on Albi. Um, it's, it's been something that's been a bit of a debate, hasn't it, over the last few weeks? Because I'm, I'm sure there's, there's people in the studio who would like to see Albi getting more game time, um, and there's there's certainly had plenty of people emailing in over the last few weeks saying they don't really understand why Albi isn't getting a game. Um, I mean, he, he's laid it out there in black and white, Tom. It's mm. because he, he doesn't feel he's got the defensive side of his game. He clearly rates him as a ball player. Clearly thinks he's got a great range of passing, that sort of stuff. But it's, there's, there's there's something that he needs to work on, and, and the best place to do that is um, not here. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty brutal, but it was honest as well, and I, I think largely fair. Um, it's kind of split split us here. I I agree with him that his defensive side of the game is not good enough. I think I would 
still play him and make sure you've got that cover elsewhere. And perhaps he's not, you know, he's not a 25-year-old Premier League player who's earned the right to just go out and be an attacking midfielder and just, you know, you know like someone like Adel Terrat, where they just say, look, you know, we know you're not going to trap back, but what you do up the other end of the pitch means you don't have to bother. So I can see that as a young player, he wants him to learn that side of the game. I do get that. But for me, that side that he was talking about there in terms of his range of passing and what he can give us going forward, I think with someone like Prattley and Cullen behind him, I, I think there is an opportunity to play him in this team. The, the negative of that is he's never going to learn that defensive side in a style like that. So it's whether you weigh up whether that's worth it or not. And clearly he wants the best for the player. So um, I do understand why he's saying it. I personally think he's an asset to this side, but if he goes out, you you know he's going to learn that somewhere because they'll pick the loan club quite carefully, I think, and make sure he comes back a better player. So, yeah, it's a difficult one. Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be non-league that he goes to I, mm. just because of where we are in the window. But that's where he was before he was with Ebsfleet. I mean, it, it both does say he's cost us a few goals. Uh, it is harsh, Lewis, to hear that. But if if it's true, then, then that's why. I remember a few weeks ago, uh, one of one of my colleagues, Nick, um, sort of was was speaking to Bowyer about about Albie Morgan, mm. praising him, and Bo said, "Yeah, but what does he do defensively?" And and clearly, that's a problem for him. Yeah, I think I remember that comment was after the Bristol City game, where you know, which Bo relates to in that interview, he cost us a goal there. And I think what Nick was commented on was he he played the ball through. Um, for Macaulay Bond, didn't he? For for the first goal, which was impressive, and and as Tom says, there it does show that his his ball playing capability is incredible, and he's probably the best passer at the football club. I do agree with Bo in a sense that it, the defensive side of his game definitely needs work, but I just feel that he's too good to go out non-league. I think he would benefit more from a, a League Two or a League One loan, which is it's just a shame that we didn't have the numbers in midfield throughout January so that that we could cover the position so that he could get that move. If he's if he's you know, he's he's obviously gonna learn the defensive side at non league level, but I just think that ability wise he's too good for that level. It'd be nice to see him to go somewhere like Bromley or something like that that's, you know, towards the, the higher ends of, of non league competing for promotion to League Two. Yeah, not for much longer at this rate, but Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think to you know, Ebsfleet at the start that was a bit of a shot loan move for me and obviously they're really struggling in the in the National League at the moment as well, Ebsfleet. So I think I, you know, I personally think he's too good to, mm-hmm. to go to non-league. But if he's get, if he's getting a move to somebody that's fighting towards promotion to to the football league, then maybe he will benefit. Yeah. I mean, both said three potential outgoings or four, including Ash, who's uh, actually made our Brewers down at Dulwich. Is he? Was yeah. he? Um, and uh, so I mean, I've written down the three. I think I'm assuming it's going to be Morgan, Josh Davison, Ben Dempsey. Do you reckon? I mean, they're, they're possible. I mean. Obviously, we talked about Morgan already, but Davison came in and led the line. It was clear at times he, you know, he needed a bit more game time, if that's fair, to to learn a game. But it, it gave uh, it gave Semi Ajayi a bit of a, a hard afternoon uh, when when we played against West Brom. And he's, he's certainly shown he's got something in his locker. Yeah, I think Josh does need um, time uh, down in sort of non-league. He was yeah, he's a physical presence, but I think uh, the West Brom game, the FA Cup game. Um, as much as he tried hard, I think his, his hold-up play wasn't really there. But that's you know you've got to remember where he's come from. You know it's not being harsh or anything. Um, but I think a low move for him would be good. Dempsey, I think Bo's touching it when he was at. Um, where was Ben? Was he at Dulwich as well when he conceded yeah, two, two goals? Dulwich, yeah. When they're runners, and this is what I was saying about Albie. Like everyone said, undoubtedly, technically he's amazing. But if he stays here, how many games is he going to have? How much, how much game time will he have? Um, and going out on loan, you just build up, you know, your game awareness, your game management, and that's the, and he's been playing every week. 
Um, and I think I'd rather him go out. Even it, you know, I agree, he's probably better than National League. I think he's playing week in, week out. It's better than getting 20 minutes here. And under 23's there, five minutes here. I just think it's pro- probably mm. better for the kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's a good player and he'll be all right. He just, in this league, you can't have, you can't have people carrying one player. He's playing with 10 men, which I think sometimes when he plays, we do. Yeah, right. There's one more player who has been out for a while. Chuck Sanike has been banging in the goals recently for the under-23s, and I'm eager for him to get back onto the the field of play. Uh, Again, Boya was asked how close Chucks is to to getting back involved. Uh, And, you know, despite a hat-trick recently and a couple of other goals in the 23s, Boya was quick to point out uh, that form in the under-23 games, really not that important. 23 football's different, isn't it? Um... I was at the game. It's, it was three-two half time. Not many games are three-two half time. <laughs> it's, it's not real football. It's you have it, we have it. No one defends. So Chucks is doing well. The most important thing we have to get his fitness up because uh, in possession he does well. Um, but there's, there's more to the game than that. So. Plus, he's playing against young lads. He's a big boy, isn't he? he moves him out of the way. It's, it's, it's not real. That, that 23 don't... It's not important how many goals he scores and what he does there. The most important thing for me is that he's getting minutes under his belt and he's building his fitness up. That's the most important thing. It's probably a bit uh, frustrated by... Not with Chuck, but with the injuries, because obviously you brought him in at the start of the season. You had high hopes for him. You had a great pre-season. And he thought he could have... Sort of, been something different in your side to take in, in this division are you frustrated with the fact that he has been out of the side more than, more than in it yeah, of course because again Chucks he has that physicality so if you play him in the 10 which we, we was we was looking to do um, he, he brings you something different his quality in the final third his weight of pass his awareness it is very 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 good and he can score goals as you just said so yeah it's been it's, been frustrating because all the players that have been out, I, I don't, I don't think that they should have been out like that. What they was, um, so yeah, I'm disappointed. Not with, just with Chucks being out, with all of them. Some of them have been unlucky. You can't control your, your knee injuries and your ankles, you know. Like, but all the muscle ones that we had, that 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 shouldn't have happened. So um, that was disappointing. There we go. I mean, clearly some frustration that, that, that Chucks has been out, one of many players who's been out. Um, and, uh, I mean, we're all getting excited because he's bad quite a few goals in the under-23s, Tom, but, but he's not getting excited about that. But he's pleased to see he's picking up some minutes now, you know. Scoring against children is one thing, but playing against him, at least you run around for a bit, get the minutes. It's hopefully, he must be getting closer and closer now to being ready to play first-team football. Yeah, you'd hope so. Clearly, Bose doesn't think much to, um, to under-23s football, but... We know what Chucks can offer and he's a bit of a confusing player in that he came in and played obviously the game at Stoke at home and the game Reading away in particular came on, made a difference, changed those games. But then there's been other games where he's come on and, and just looked completely anonymous. So he is a bit hit and miss, but I think Bowyer admitted himself that he never really got to see Chucks at, at full speed and full fitness prior to him breaking down. So he has obviously been scoring a lot of goals, but Bowyer doesn't seem to think much of that. Um but I think either way, again, it's one of those players that if you just see his name on the bench, uh, you know, in place of one of the youngsters, it just adds more to that strength in depth. And 
he is one of those players that if you are struggling, you can throw him on. And, and even if it's just 50, 60% of the time, if he's going to change a game when you're behind, that's exactly what you need. And you know he's got that in his locker. He can pick up the ball, he can drive forward, he can terrorise tired defences. So, um, yeah, I'll be pleased to see him back in the squad. Right, let's have a look at some of the messages that have come in to this evening's uh, Charlton Live. Muzza Jazz says, uh, looking forward to Charlton games these days with a mixture of trepidation and expectation. Trepidation, uh, as we are struggling to keep a clean sheet, we struggle to defend set pieces, particularly if Navi's playing. Pierce seems to help organise the defence better. We're also vulnerable to counter-attacks, an opposition player running at our back four at pace with a lack of defensive cover from our midfield. The goals we conceded against QPR, Barnsley, West Brom, Birmingham and Millwall are prime examples of both issues. Expectation comes from the partnership Taylor and Green are beginning to form uh, and the attacking from midfield we can hope for with Williams and McGeady and others. We look a threat to any team if key players can stay fit. Stoke is a tough place to play. They have a good squad but they don't seem to be able to string a set of results together so hopefully we can get something from the game. I'll be happy with a clean sheet away from home and aim to win our home games in the running. Talal says, just listen to the podcast for the first time whilst on the treadmill. Uh, makes a nice change for music. Enjoyed it. We'll now be a regular listener. Well done, Talal. And uh, you do, there's the amount of people who've listened to our podcast whilst losing weight on treadmills. Very good. I met Talal once as well uh, at the dump of all people, of all places. <laughs> Not Talal El Kakuri. No, just uh, no, Talal off the forum. I was at the dump. You used to listen to it on the treadmill, didn't you? I still do. You still do? Listen to myself, yeah. Yeah. Is that motivation? So. Yeah. yeah. Trying to run away from myself. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up. Sooner, sooner I'll get off this. Sooner I can stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Uh, a couple of tweets came in uh, as well. Um, uh, David says, uh, we'll be disappointed if Naif's Lyle on fire doesn't get played from Saturday night. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, when I was in the nightclub and then... Yeah. The so, yeah. So. Oh, you ain't got it, have you? Uh, I've got everything. Absolute wrong. I've got everything. <laughs> this is Nathan on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Care to explain? Basically, Lyle's on fire. Ooh. Na 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 na. No, basically, I saw that thing with the club, and I was just cracking up. And then I was at uh, disco dancing, as you do. <laughs> Down disco, at the, dancing. disco dancing down the disco checker, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, that came on, and I thought, I tell you what. Do a little recording, share my share my love as I do, Muller love, and uh, <laughs> the rest is history. Everyone was like, "Who's Lyle?" I was <laughs> yeah. in Rochester at the time. <laughs> I was going to say, "Is this the only Rochester. one singing it?" Yeah, I was because everyone's like, "Well, they're not the words." I was like, don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so I yeah. thought I'd share. Right, with uh, CFC Bear says big shout out to all at Charlton Live. Without their podcast, I could not survive. All of the Charlton news with some dubious views. So uh, from the CFC Bear, a hug and a high five. Oh, cheers for that. CFC Bear. Uh, Doogie says, confident of at least a point from Stoke. Uh, on the break, uh, we can do real damage with the pace uh, of the front to uh, come on you, Reds. Yeah, certainly. I'm looking forward to that. We saw that that partnership, that Taylor and Green partnership. Green, like, I mean, it was a joke about the G&T thing on Instagram this week with Grant, uh, you know, Taylor and, uh, and Carl and Grant last season. And it's a sort of a... A similar partnership, I guess, not only in, in, in initials, but also in the fact that in Andre Greenlist, we've got somebody who offers real pace and real attacking, uh, attacking drive to that to those counter-attacks. Yeah, he's uh, he's really impressed me since he's come in, Andre Green. I think he's, his effort as well, he just can, he didn't stop running last week. And there was a lot of, you know, there was a, a bit of, um, you know, a couple of questions raised about his fitness as well coming in because he hadn't really had a much of a season with Preston. He'd only made a sort of a handful of appearances for them and not played a lot of football so he's come in here and, and he's sort of 
got his head down straight away and started working hard and he's got two goals to show for it and he's come out and you know he's, he's developing into a bit of a striker and playing in a bit of an unfamiliar position and he's really impressed me it's, he really impressed me pre-season when he played for Villa against us here and I was sort of hoping we'd, we'd sign him then but it wasn't to be but mm. glad he's at the club now because I, I think he's a, he's a great player and seems like a really good chap as well mm. Right uh, Damien emails in good morning gents I listened to the show late uh, last night very good uh, with some interesting points and comments cheers uh, talking about Sunday show uh, with regards to his excellency Tanun Namir I was fortunate enough to sit in the row behind him on Saturday and I thought you'd uh, let you know that he seemed a very uh, engaged during the entire match he was applauding all the good play, gesturing to Matt Southall about the game, uh, clapping along uh, to the singing. He spent at least the last five minutes of the game standing up, seamlessly, uh, seemingly anxious on his own. Maybe he's more invested uh, in and Charlton uh, like than than he and we all realise. So maybe he's sort of more getting into it. I mean, it's, it was interesting to see him here. Um, we've heard him speaking a little bit recently. Uh, he mentioned. Yeah, hoping to get to the Premier League at some point, Nathan. I mean, yeah. do you, I mean, it's still very early days, but it's nice to hear someone who's got a plan that involves moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's turned up more than Roland did, didn't he? But um, yeah, it was nice to see him there. I mean, I've, I could just about see him where I sit in the covered end. But um, yeah, every time I looked over, he seemed to be getting into it. And obviously, he was I think was he with Matt and Steve Gallen, was he? Was he sitting next to him too, I think. But, um, yeah, no, it's nice. And it was nice that he come over. I'm not expecting him every week because he does have, what, 60 businesses or something. Um, but, yeah, when he was here, I mean, they were all the all the team and all the staff and that went out for something to eat on the day after or something, didn't they? Sunday, mm. I think. Um, so, yeah, it seems like a nice chap. And, yeah, he is invested uh, a lot of money and a lot of time. And hopefully, if we do reach, what is it, the Premier League? Premium League. The Premium League. <laughs> so I uh, don't know what that is, but yeah, I, I want to go there. Uh, it's probably that nightclub I was in, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. And it's, yeah, it is early days, but we can only um, take the rough and the smooth, can't yeah. we? I mean, Larry, Larry's uh, emailed in. Sorry to hear you are still talking of possible relegation. Nah. Me and my son had a tenner each at Christmas uh, on Charlton to get into the playoffs. 250 to 1. Uh, that equates to 2000 uh, what £510 back uh, only about 15 more games to win uh, not that unbelievable looking at past recipients of the last playoff position uh, we are playing a lot of teams above us so all to play for I'm certain we get uh, if we got promotion Lyle would get his contract and stay uh, so I mean there's been a couple of people talking about playoffs I mean obviously we have talked about relegation because the reality is we're four points above the relegation zone I've always maintained that I feel like I feel we're going to pull away from it especially now that we're getting players back um, oh god so 33 points we're on Bristol City are in sixth uh, with 17 points behind them to, to make up in 16 games and uh, I mean Larry's saying we'd have to win 15 of them I mean it, That's about third, isn't it? It's, it, it's third a big game. ask isn't it Tom it ain't going to happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd be saying that money, the odds on that are, are zero. Um, yeah, he won't be getting anything back. <laughs> but look, I've said it as well. I don't think we're going to go down. I'm not, not worried about it. haven't really been worried about it at all. But we we are down there. So I think it's more worthy a conversation than the promotion talk is. As I said earlier in the show, maybe next season or the season after, that, that might be a possibility. But this year, it is about just making sure we stay up. Um, I think we've got enough to do it myself. But... Yeah, I understand why some people are more nervous because you're looking over your shoulder, obviously, and when we had the injury crisis and when we had Roland in charge, it, it didn't look quite as rosy as it does now. But we've got a win under our belts now. We've got players back. 
we've got the takeover. Obviously, I think things look a lot a lot better already. Um, and I think we've all said it that by the end of February, I think we'll have a pretty clear idea yeah. of whether we're staying up yeah. or not. Well, because uh, we've also got an email from Andrew Riffin. And now I've talked a lot about 45 points. Over the last 10 years, I worked out, I, f- I think it was something like, the majority of the last 10 years, I can't remember what it was now because I worked out a while ago, 45 would be enough to say. A lot of people always talk about 50. I said 45. But uh, Andrew's saying, you've said 45 uh quite a few times I thought this was a bit low uh, were you trying to keep the faith and the audience uh, happy through the, t- the tough times of poor results no I generally believe 45 would tend to be enough over the course of the last few years but he says I looked at the last 20 seasons and 45 points will keep you up about 50% of the time if you take 50 points that will keep you up about uh, 75% of the times uh, it says, by the way, I'm not any sort of statistician. Uh, if you have a really bad goal difference, maybe you need to have another point. Blackburn got relegated with 51 in 16-17, and Peterborough amassed 54 points and still dropped in 12-13. How would that feel? Uh, in the recent decade, it does seem that a lower points total to avoid relegation with low 40s being common, except the Blackburn-Peterborough seasons. So more in line with what you've been saying, Louis. Uh, whereas early part of the noughties, it was high 40s, 46 to 50, uh, plus one if you had bad goal difference. Could this be an effect of the Premier League two with recently relegated teams having a big advantage so to be sure of championship football aim for 55 50 if you're prepared to risk it on 50 but 45 looks dodgy to me what do you reckon i mean so my stats have suggested that 45 should just about be enough and then even andrew said 50 percent of the time but obviously that there certainly has been seasons where it hasn't been but i think the sooner we get to 45 the, the sooner i'm going to feel a lot more relaxed lewis yeah i mean obviously at the moment we're on what 33 so I, when you look at who's down there at the moment, when you're 45, you, you're relying on you know Luton, Barnsley to pick up another sort of 21 points in that tail end of the season. Can't really see that if I'm honest. I think those two are probably done now. I think the battle is for that that final that 22nd spot probably between you know us, Wigan, Huddersfield, Stoke, you know, and you know Birmingham potentially as well. I think I think you're. I think 45 would be. I think that'd be enough if I'm honest, but. It's always good to aim for more, of course. But like you say, once we hit that forty-five, and we'll get a get a better idea of of uh, the people below us, and and if that is going to be enough, mm. I personally think it will be. I, I agree with you. I think I think fifty mm. seems like serious. It, so I mean, even Wigan would have to average a point a game now for the rest of the season. They need sixteen points to get to forty-five. Mm. And I I I, I, I mean, they, they've had a bit of a resurgence, but Huddersfield are looking decisively indecisive. You know, they've been very inconsistent. Um, Birmingham have still got that potential points deduction hanging over them as well. So I do think that's that that should be enough. Uh, Andrew did go in and, and give us uh, talking about how you, how many points you need to get into the playoffs as well. So there's a few people getting carried away on the back of one win a little bit. Uh, he said you need 75 uh, points, but I, I mean, I really, I mean, we've already discussed that with Larry's uh, Larry's email. I do think that the playoffs are going to be a bit of a push. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, uh, we're going to hear from our Aston Villa loney Andre Green. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlton have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Get in. Come on. What a time yes. to be here. Here at Wembley. Oh, my word. Live. Welcome back. This is Charlton Live coming to you live from the Valley on your first evening with the big match uh, preview. Don't forget, we'll be back here on Sunday uh, to look back at whatever happens up at Stoke. Uh, myself and you two, I think, Tom and yep. Lewis. Yeah, Solid. yeah, yeah. There. Uh, we're all uh, we're all making the journey up to uh, up to the Bet Three Six Five. Love these traditional old grounds, don't you? Like, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll be back here on Sunday. Yeah, you can get involved with that show as well as many of you have done uh, this evening. Right, Andre Green. Uh, uh, signed on loan from Aston Villa spent the first half of the season on loan at uh, uh, Preston and rarely got any game time at all I thought he was very underutilised there he's come here uh, to the Valley he's already scored two in uh, two two in three games for us I think he's had a brilliant start uh, to the to the campaign or his campaign here at the Valley uh, he scored of course against Barnsley uh, last Saturday the 2-1 victory he came in to speak to the press after uh, and said he was very pleased to get the three points Obviously, we needed to win to, to see ourselves on, well, hopefully go on a run from now. And um, yeah, we all knew what we had to do before the game. And we're just pleased we got the three points. Both said that you've only been here five minutes and already got two goals, which you think is a pretty decent return. Are you pleased with the way it's all started for you? Yeah, I'm happy with how I've started. Um, hopefully, I can just get more goals. That's what I've come here to do. Um, but I know the club before coming here, I knew that this club's known for bringing through great players um, and hopefully I can just improve my game and I'm, I'm really happy with the way I've started, yeah. Did you feel extra pressure today, the team I mean, because it's tight down the bottom, isn't it? And this felt like quite a significant game against another side down there. Yeah, of course, it was a six-pointer. Um, we knew that in, in the in the changing room, even all week leading up to the game. Um, so we uh, the pressure was kind of on us, but it was on them as well. Um, we both had to win, but like I say, we're just we're delighted to get the three points, and hopefully we can we can carry this on and go on a nice little run. Um, Lee's played like Leco in that role as a sort of second striker, and also Carlin sort of transform wingers. Would you say you're predominantly a winger, or would you say before you came here, or would you say you played more the mixture of the two? Um, yeah, when I was at Villa, I was a winger. Um, but I, when I said when I was with Bo uh, the Gaffer before I even came here, I said I'm happy to play anywhere. Um, especially up top, you have more chances and I, I want to score goals. Um, I think I missed the first half of the season. I missed out on, on that on that scoring feeling. Um, so anywhere in the front three, I'm happy with. Um, I think I'm turning into a pretty confident striker where I'm, I'm, knowing, the, I'm knowing how to play up there every game I play. Um, and yeah, hopefully I can just keep, keep scoring. Um, and I know I've got to just score to stay in the team. So it's down to me, really. How much of a boost is it that Lyle ended up staying, do you think, in the transfer window as well? Yeah, that's massive. Um, you can just see today. I think I heard the gaffer say every time he's played, um, we haven't lost or something. So you can just see how much he, he, he brings to the team. And I think me and him up top, 
um, it brings me more confidence knowing that I've got him next to me um, and he's going to score many goals. So for the whole team, it's a, it's a big boost. Were you expecting a bit of an onslaught from Barnsley in the second half? I'm guessing you probably are when you've got a 2 0 lead and they did kind of put it on you a little bit, didn't they, in that second period? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, I don't think they would probably say they didn't play their best in the first half, but we played well as well. Um, keeping the ball, popping it, um, just making chances. I mean, they, weren't, they, didn't, they didn't have much much uh, joy in, in their half. But um, yeah, I think at half-time we knew that they was going to get a bit of a, a talking to um, from their manager. And it's expected um, they're going to come out better, and they did. And thankfully, Dylan made quite a few good saves that kept us in the, teams, uh, in the game. Sorry, So yeah, I think we knew we expected it, and uh, we, we delivered and we got, we got through at the end. Just more going back onto the fans. How do you feel you settled in and the acceptance from the fans? Do you uh, feel welcome? Yeah, um, I think it was it's really easy for me to come here and feel at home because it's such a, a family club. Um, the gaffer and the, the coaching staff told me that before I, before I came. Um, and I, the first time I came, all the lads were there. They were really welcoming for me. Um, and I just had that feeling... Everyone trains together at the training ground, all the young age groups as well, so it's not like it's segregated and everyone seems a part of it. And you walk past people in the changing room and the training ground and everyone says hello, so straight away I felt, I felt welcome. Um, it just makes it a lot easier for me to do my best out there on a Saturday. So there we go, Andre Green, uh, goal scorer against Barnsley last week. It was a difficult week for him. His, uh, his grandfather passed away and you can see in his celebration he sort of dedicated that goal uh, to to his grandfather, um, so obviously it meant it meant a lot to him, Nath. But I mean, he he's been a real asset to this to this team, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And um, I know he weren't really utilised at um, Preston, but I think he suits our sort of way of playing a lot more. Preston play um, they sort of come out with wingers that come inside and surround Stockley, but we we're quite direct. So when he came in. I didn't, I didn't see it as a prize, a surprise. Rather, um, there's a lot more central because we don't really play with a lot of width usually um, from forward. So he seems to be adapting well. Um, obviously, he's got improvements, but I think the way he started and he's got an eye for goal. I think him and Lyle can form a really good partnership. It's good that he gets in the channels as well, so it's not always down to Lyle. So Lyle can stay central if need be. He's got pace. He's a big lad as well. You know, he's not a small chap. So. Yeah, no, he started really well, and he's. Um, I think we ain't even seen the best of him yet. I think the best is yet to come. Mm. It's weird, isn't it, Tom? How like a team like Preston would have a player like that on their hands and not go out to utilise him a bit. But I mean, I, I, I mean, oh, don't don't do that. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know, I mean, I, I, know, I know that you know, like I say, teams have their way of playing. Um, but you'd think a player of that ability, you try and you try and mould him into something that that can that can bring bring you some advantages for your team. Yeah, you'd think like. You don't know why they'd go out to get a player like that. If they've done their research, they know what he's about. They know the sort of formation that he's going to fit in. So either they haven't done their research or you'd think they're going to try and mould him into something else. Whatever it was, it, it clearly didn't work. But I think Lewis mentioned it earlier, that game against Villa, um, that he played, oh, sorry, for Villa against us in pre-season. He looked good there. Um, I've got a mate who's a Villa fan who said, he just needs a bit of confidence. And I think... Bowie is someone that we've seen already is going to give young players confidence. Um, and since coming here, as I said earlier, he's hit the ground running and he looks very at home in the position he's playing. Um, I think, as Nave said, we we suit his style of play and he suits ours. And yeah, so far it's a decent match. And I know it's only been three games, but you can already see the the way that those two are forming a partnership up there. Um, 
and when Bong comes back, which from the photos today looks like he's back training, I think we've got nice competition for places up there because obviously prior to his injury, Bong was on fire as well. Lyle obviously said it himself, as did Naif, he's on fire. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's good to, to have all of those free scoring goals. Mm. Um, obviously Bon as soon as he comes back hopefully he can get back amongst it as well yeah I mean uh, Bo was uh, was asked about it today we haven't got time for the clip in the end but about whether he sees him Andre Green as a winger or a striker and and Andre was asked himself about that I mean he's just happy to play anywhere scoring goals at the moment so I guess he's probably happier to be be down down the middle like he is but I mean like we said when Bon is back I mean that's that's one hell of a front three you could have there, even if you know if, if they play off either side of of Lyle or if if they play a two up top and and Andre goes to some sort of wing position as well. Yeah, it's again it's it's incredible options to have. You know, I don't think I think we referenced to it last week that we didn't really expect Bond to take off quite as quickly as he has. You know, he's come in as a bit of a project initially, but has turned out he got his opportunity when Lyle got injured and he's he's grasped it with both hands and he's going to come back from his injury sort of you know chewing at the bits try and get straight back into that starting 11 so the competition's going to be there I'd, I'd quite like I mean as Nave said there we don't usually play with a lot of width so I, I don't know where we'd what sort of tactic we'd play to to make that work if we were to play Andre Green out wide I think I prefer him personally I think I, he plays a lot better centrally I think as Nave said gets in the channels and takes a bit of the pressure off a lot with a running um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting when when we get him back. And obviously, you've got, you've got Tamir and, and Chucks as well, like on the bench that were knocking on the door as well. So, plenty of options up top. But I'm, I've been really impressed with Andre Green so far. I think he's been a fantastic signing, and you know, long may it, may it continue. Yeah, he's certainly uh, proven uh, very popular so far. Now, someone else who's proven very popular is <laughs> this week. I mean, it's been quite remarkable on Twitter. You can see um, something that a lot of fans have been talking about. The chair, the chairman's really been getting involved, isn't he? With um, with with social media interacting with the supporters, um, and I'd say that's sort of part of the whole the whole way the club's sort of coming together, and and, and it's certainly lifting spirits. I mean, because I mean, some of the stuff you've seen people tweeting to him this week saying how, how great a job he's doing and how uh, how people would like to meet him and stuff. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's probably easy to forget that all he's done so far is turn up and sign a couple of loanies and been more involved with the supporters it's surprising how easy it is to win supporters over isn't it but it just shows that you know something that we've missed over the last few years that connection between the ownership of the club and and the supporters how how big a part that can play in how how the the general mood is around the around the place yeah i think um i think with matt it's probably come across as quite being quite refreshing really to a lot of fans um Obviously, like you said, it's you don't really ask for a, a lot as a fan, really. As long as people turn up, you know, give hundred percent, which Matt's done. Um, obviously, deadline day was, you know, his interactions good. He's honest. Um, he promised us some signings, and we got them. Um, and yeah, he's just engaging a lot more. And I think everyone just feels that he's he wants to be here and he wants to be part of part of the journey, as Bose keeps saying. So. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a feel good factor at the moment. You know, I've seen some uh, some things on Twitter which have made me laugh. And do you know what? Like, ride the wave is what I say. Like, let people crack on. Um, but if he turns out to be Jesus, well, you know, it's all good, well and good, isn't it? But no, so far so good. And I just think his engagement is so key, um, and it just shows. It highlights the fact how easy it, or how different it could have been if Roland really put mm. a bit of effort in. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? it, yeah, it's, it's a bit of PR. Yeah, uh, polishing if you if you if you call it that. I mean, because obviously, no amount of PR would have would have uh, made Roland look good last <laughs> last year. 
So there's there, there's always going to be a case of if if a year down the line, it, all we've got still is PR. Is I'm, I'm sure he won't be getting quite the same reception, Tom. But this, you know, it's it's a great. I think it's a good start. Um, and you know, the summer is really where the the money is is going to have to be put where the mouths are. Yeah, very good start. I think first thing you have to do when you come in is not be Roland, and obviously he wasn't. So that's uh, yeah, there's your first tick. <laughs> That'd be yeah. a massive error if he came in and, oh, I am actually Roland. Yeah. yeah. Like the, was it? Uh, I wouldn't have put it past him. Scooby-Doo when they ripped yeah. the mask off. Yeah, yeah, it's just, just him again. Roland under. Um, and then he had to sign some players and he did that. And then, as we've all said... Uh, he I didn't think, sign Roland as well? Yeah, again. Um, the real kind of proof will come in the summer whether he signs Roland. No, whether he signs some, uh, whether he signs some decent players in the summer because next season's where he's really going to have to prove himself because... You're right. Just just not being Roland and having a bit of good PR and a good rapport with the fans is going to make a huge difference now, but that won't last um, mm. because fans have, have fairly short memories, you know. And we get to the summer if we've stayed up, then that's that's decent. But we then are going to look to kick on because we know the funds that are behind it, um, and we know how long we've kind of suffered under the previous owner. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good start, but I don't think we've really fully seen what they're about yet, and I think they need the summer to really show that. So. Um, yeah, we kind of just need to to wait until then. Mm, right, well, Matt Southall uh, will be making his way up to the Bet365 on Saturday, uh, as will plenty of uh, our Charlton fans. Uh, we need to know a bit more about the, the home side, really. Stoke City uh, have had a difficult year, if we're being honest. They've had a bit of a resurgence recently, but it's been an up-and-down season for them, mainly down. Uh, Martin Spinks uh, from Stoke on Trent Live. I spoke to him during the week, and he sums up the difficult season that Stoke have had so far. I'd say it's been mixed, to put it mildly. Um, the first half was, um, or certainly the first third, was pretty disastrous. And it cost Nathan Jones his job as manager, um, a name that I know is well-known in Charlton circles from years gone by. And he left with Stoke Bottom eight points from 15 games. That's how dire the situation was. Michael O'Neill came in, the Northern Ireland manager, still the Northern Ireland manager as things stand. And he won his first two games. The first one was Barnsley away, second Wigan at home, both six-pointers, even in early November. So that got him off to a cracking start. There was a dip after that, which I think can only be expected after such a a poor few years of the club, really. And then this year, they they turned it around again. They won on Boxing Day, in fact, then won 5-2 at Huddersfield on New Year's Day. And that kicked off a run of uh, uh, 12 points from 15. Um, but then Friday night, last game, lost 4-0 at Derby, which is the heaviest defeat for two years, actually, mm. which is no mean achievement because that two years has been pretty wretched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, that... uh, they're coming off a bad result, but in general, the form has been a lot better. Yeah, so I was going to say, I was I was a bit shocked by the result on, on Friday. I mean, I, I know Derby scored some excellent goals, which you can't always do much about, but considering Stokes' recent form, that must have come as a bit of a surprise. Well, you've stolen my line. I was going to make some excuse for them and say, to be fair, it wasn't a 4-0 game and at least three of those goals were, were cracking efforts, one from Wayne Rooney, uh, which people would have seen if they were watching live on telly. So I, I have some sympathy for them, but they never really got into the game and, and once they conceded two in uh, two or three minutes midway through the first half, never really looked like getting back into it. Mm. And, you know, some people have been shocked by that, but you think, well, hang on a minute. They were on a good run, but it was only four or five games. That was after a terrible two or three years. So they're going to need blips. They're going to catch teams on a good day. And to be fair, Derby played well. And they have been at home. They caught them on a, on a good night for Derby, bad night for Stoke. But obviously, we're hoping roles will be reversed this weekend. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so what has Michael, O'Neill, uh, Michael O'Neill done differently since he's come in? Obviously, he's had great success 
with the Northern Ireland national team. Um, how do you think he's started to turn things around at the Bet365 Stadium? Well, I think you can only answer that question by comparing him to his predecessor. And Nathan was a bundle of nervous energy, wore his heart on his sleeve, would go on the pitch, beating his chest on a few occasions. He won a game and, and obviously took defeat very badly. The, the two words I'd use to describe what Michael O'Neill has brought to the club and the dressing room in particular would be uh, c- control and calm, a sense of control and a, and a sense of calmness. And I think that's uh, fed through to the players in the way he's coached them, he's kept things pretty simple in the way he selected the team. He hasn't chopped and changed like his predecessor was prone to do because he had such a big squad to pick from. He's tried to keep things tight and he's done that in the January window by trying to reduce a bloated squad. And I think that sense of control and calmness has gradually had a ripple effect through the club and to the fan base as well. And needless to say, given what's happened over the last few years, he's proving pretty popular at the moment. Mm. So who, who do you think have been the key players in a difficult season in, in particular I guess the ones who've been part of the turnaround over the last few weeks well the player who's probably been the most consistent during his time at the club since early November has probably been James McLean who had been playing left back and he's not a left back first thing uh, Michael O'Neill did was put him on the left wing he's actually had a bit of a dip the last few weeks so we're hoping he comes good again but over the course of three months you could argue he's been the most consistent older heads like Jack Butland in goal and Joe Allen in midfield have come back to something like the best form certainly Jack, Jack in particular was struggling early on in the season and at least half a dozen goals were down to bad errors by him which is totally uncharacteristic and then in more recent times I mentioned that New Year's Day win at Huddersfield um, he brought Nick Powell in and he actually changed his system he's a 4-3-3 man but he changed it more to a what do you want to call it a 4-2-3-1 because he brought Powell into the so-called number 10 position and he's played there ever since and done pretty well he was pretty anonymous at Derby, but he wasn't the only one. But by and large, he's managed to get a, a tune out of Nick Powell. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of Charlton fans listening will know the kind of player Nick Powell is. On his day, can be a match winner, but too often has gone missing. But at the moment, O'Neill is clearly a good man-manager as well. As I say, he's getting the best out of him. And one or two other players as well. Tyrese Campbell, who you won't see this weekend, he's injured. Um, he scored twice that day at Huddersfield, which is sounding, the more I speak about it, the more it's sounding like a turning of the corner. Mm. Um, and he was uh, being courted by Celtic and Rangers during the window, but eventually Stoke got him to sign a new contract. Young striker with a big future, I think. Son of Kevin, former Arsenal striker. Um, but so sadly, for that, from our point of view, you won't see him this weekend. Mm. So looking ahead to Saturday, I mean, Charlton are in a bit of a run now of playing teams in and around the bottom of the table is uh, up there in Stoke do they do they feel like this is a big game coming up oh absolutely a big week because we've also got Preston at home the following Wednesday so it's a huge chance to take minimum four points hopefully six points from those two games and really put some daylight between Stoke and the bottom three again it's down to two points having been seven points because of Wigan's two wins so yeah absolutely we're seeing it as a big win I think some were falling into the trap when that seven point buffer emerged a week or so ago we're falling into the trap of thinking, well, that's it. Yeah, we're up and away now. And I think uh, there's a bit of a reality check now that Stoke is still very much in it and they need a result. The pressure's on Stoke this weekend, being the home side. There's no, no question about that. And it'll be interesting to see what changes. I think he will freshen it up, Michael O'Neill, but I don't think it'll be wholesale changes, but two or three at most, because he's got to do something to freshen it up after that derby game. And certainly we're taking Charlton seriously. We know you've got players back from injury. And particularly that guy at front who scored against us in August. 
There we go, Martin there, clearly got his eye on Lyle Taylor. Um, coming back from injury over the last few weeks, uh, Stoke then, he's hoping that the Friday night defeat at Derby will be a bit of a standout result in, in what has been a, a good run of uh, a, you know, a good recovery. Uh, so we'll see. It's going to be a fascinating game, Tom. Looking forward to it. Um, not season-defining, but certainly, I mean, if we can win, if we can get that big win on Saturday... I mean, how how big is that going to be for us? Yeah, huge. And I think if we hadn't beaten Barnsley, I'd be a lot more nervous. I think what you said right at the start of the show about this probably being a game that we don't lose rather than win now is probably right because we got that win last weekend. But at the same time, you don't want to drop that momentum, really. And like you said, we haven't won a, an away game for a long time. So if we could get three points, the, the momentum we'd then kick on for from there would be absolutely huge, especially as we've got two or three games come in every week uh, for a few weeks now. So, yeah, it's a massive game. As uh, the guy said there, they've obviously had a slight upturn in form recently, but they are still down there. And, yeah, it, it is massive. But I'm confident and I, I certainly think we can go there and get a point. I do think we could possibly get all three as well. So we've got to go there with confidence, um, focus on that, the form that we're on at the moment and the, the upturn just in general in atmosphere around the club and, and try and hopefully see it through. Excellent stuff. Right, we've almost come to the end, so let's get your predictions. Let's go around the table. Starting with Tom. Uh, 1-0. Lovely. 2-1 Charlton. Lovely. 0-0. Nil, nil. Oh, boring. Oh, get out, just, just going. Going. Yeah. It's a boring nil. Boring nil, nil, I hope. Right, Cheers, mate. 0-0, <laughs> uh, nil, nil, I reckon. Enjoy. You have to bring us all down to your level, don't you, Nate? Right, that's uh, the end of this. Uh, God, that, no. That's a, a, a dour end to this week's uh, big match preview, unfortunately. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you. 5-0. Uh, yeah, that's my <laughs> right. There we go. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> to all of you who've listened, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to the three of you for coming in. Good to see no you. No worries, mate. Uh, myself, uh, Tom and Lewis will be back here on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens up at the Bet365. Let's hope that it's Charlton's first away win uh, since those summer days at the end of August. We shall see you, hopefully with three points in our pocket, on Sunday. Charles and Lyle Charles and Lyle